Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Today, I have the privilege of having as my co-host, Alan Peterson. Alan, welcome. Gloria, it's an honor to be with you doing these radio programs today. We've got another one lined up today, don't we? Yeah, we do. And Alan's the executive director of The Compassionate Friends, an organization for people who've lost children, grandchildren, and siblings. And we'll be talking a little bit about that today because there's going to be a national conference and our guest today is going to be speaking at that conference. It's going to be great. But I wanted to remind you that this show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation in partnership with the Compassionate Friends and the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation. Well, Alan, could you introduce our guest today? I know you talked to Christopher a lot because he's going to be one of your speakers at the conference, right? Yeah, I'm very excited to introduce Chris Jones. Uh, actually, I, I met him. He's the author of uh, Mitchell's Journey, and it's a Facebook blog that has nearly 300,000 followers, which is quite amazing. So Chris began to blog a few years ago prior to the death of his son, Mitchell, from heart failure that was caused by a Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And I know he'll tell us a little more about that. But he, along with his family and friends, would share with the world um, their personal journey of reflection and discovery. And um, after Mitchell's death, Chris just continued to write. But he's the founder and CEO of MyCore, and it's a keynote speaker at our upcoming conference in Dallas on July 10th through the 12th. Chris will be with us, and we're just excited to learn a little more about his blog and what it's done for him. And so uh, welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm grateful to have a chance to talk to you about some of our experience. It's great to have you on. You know, Alan and I were talking before the show about the fact that you started blogging before your son died, right? That's correct. Yeah, tell us how you started the blog. What was the purpose of starting it and, and its infancy? How did it go? Yeah, originally I set it up just to keep family and friends up to speed on some of the major milestones in his illness. You were already a tech guy, right? Yeah. And and so this would be a natural thing for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've been a nerd my whole life. I've been into technology and using that as a platform. And right. It was funny, even a few years before I learned Mitchell was going to get really, really sick, I had just taken a fascination to Facebook. I wanted to know how it worked and why people were drawn to certain things. And so I just had this brooding in my mind and heart about, you know, I need to kind of figure this Facebook thing out. So I, I started to, you know, create this blog space here within Facebook to just keep family and friends up to date. Right. And uh, at first it was kind of like a journey log. I was just posting like, hey, we went to the hospital. This is kind of what happened. But once we found out Mitchell was struggling with heart failure, uh, th there was a new intensity being posted. Um, and not so much frequency, but when I posted, they were a little more intense. And then when we found out, you know, from the spring, when we found out he was in trouble to October, when we learned he was in serious trouble and that the therapies were not working, um, I, I kind of put it on high gear. Um, but nothing like after he passed. And then I just, I, I it just became a, a, probably a therapy for me to just kind of write out my thoughts and, and make, you know, apply some meaning to what I was going through. Did you ever get mad at people's responses or were they supportive or? You know, I was surprised, uh, mortified on some occasions, how some people would, would make comments that were extraordinarily negative, but those were few and far between. And uh, so, you know, I, I learned quickly to just, you know, keep my thick skin on and, and they could say whatever they wanted. But I found that the vast majority, the 99.9% .9 of the followers were not only supportive, but they started to take on and apply whatever meaning I was talking about to their own life. And so it, it was interesting to see that happen. What did your wife think about it? I got to ask that. <laughs> oh, bless my wife's heart. She has been the greatest support. And, you know, we married pretty young. And so she kind of got used to my idiosyncrasies, but, you know, over time. So as this kind of happened, it was just par for the course for us. But okay. 
uh, you know, she's been very supportive. I, I think in, in large measure, you know, her only concern is we got into the grief journey in earnest after Mitchell passed away was that would I get lost in the posts and the, that community and forget about my family, which is a really legitimate concern. Yeah. Uh, but I always made it a deliberate effort to kind of quarantine that activity to a, a time of the day. And, you know, when I was with family, I, I gave them all of me. So I did my best, and I think I'm doing okay to, to keep the, the balance. You know, I like that set time thing because I like that set time thing because I think that one of the things that I've learned about listening to people on grief and loss is that setting times to grieve. And I think that your blog's probably part of your grieving time. Somebody was even telling us that having their therapy session was a grieving time. So they sent so many hours a day up for grieving. And this could be thrown into that time. But I think it's important to create times that you do that and times that you don't. I think that's an excellent thought. Don't you, Ellen? Yeah, I do. And, you know, I wanted to give a little example up here. Uh, and so I pulled a, a quick little quote from, I think this is a post that you did yesterday, um, Chris. And this is just to give people an example of what you're writing on there. And here, here's your uh, quote from yesterday. You said, I think about how easy it is to die a little on the inside long before our bodies perish. We die from addiction and distraction, grief and anger, and a myriad of other things that would rob us, stuff that will take life away from life. I don't post on Mitchell's journey because I'm stuck in grief or that I fixate on death and sorrow. I am just trying to examine my life and discover ways to become truly alive. I think statements like that, Chris, are just so applicable. I think it's why you have so many followers to people just living life, people going through tragedy and setbacks. How has the writing, has it been cathartic for you? And, and tell me how the writing you think has helped you. What a great question. Um, you know, I wondered in the beginning as I started writing, will this kind of erase the pain? And it, it doesn't. And so I learned to accept the reality that, that grief is just... Um, now going to be a condition of life. As long as I miss my son, I'll always grieve for him. But the nature of that grief, to me, is changing anyway. Writing has is, is allowed me to kind of articulate the, the, the nuances of my own life, the missed opportunities, the things that really meant something to me so I can really begin to focus on those in the future. How long has it been? Two years. Okay. Just, just over two years. That's pretty early in the grieving yeah. process for a child. That's, a, that's pretty early. Well, one thing I think would be interesting about it is to see your own progress through the grieving process. Yeah, and I imagine um, that that's something you're able to see, is to look back at your posts and see, you know, where you were then compared to where you are now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely see progress, and I do think there has been some catharsis in the process of writing, for sure. I have a, I have a friend that's a therapist, and he says, you know, my job is to help people tell, talk about their grief until they get through it. But it really, it's almost like Shakespeare said, right? Therein the patient must minister unto themselves. And, you know, I think that kind of is what happens when, when I write anyway. I'm helping myself kind of take out the, the barbs from, from the, the, the pain and things. But, yeah, I've definitely seen changes in my own grief journey. I mean, I used to weep every day, and now, you know, I'll weep weekly. But I don't, uh, it's not every day, you know. I'm able to really embrace moments of, of sheer happiness and joy, despite the sorrow I still have. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think kind of interesting on the male perspective on this thing, Alan, because one thing we found is that men tend to be more instrumental and tend to build. And doing a blog is a building thing and maintaining it. Kind right. Of interesting. So what have you, uh, what, what have you learned? You're two years down the road. What have you learned? Um, in grief, Chris, whether it's through the blog or just through your journey itself, what are some of the things you've learned in your first couple of years of grief 
that have helped you, things that maybe weren't so helpful to you? That's an enormous question, and I think the answers to that are just have so many facets for me. I, I think that one of the things I've learned about grief is that I can't get rid of it. It'll it'll be with me, but the nature of it will change. That's at least for me what I've learned. I've le- learned to accept that grief when it happens. Boy, you know, it'll happen, but then it, it'll pass. You know, when it first happened, I was in a constant state of grief all the time. I never, I, I couldn't imagine not being in that state of profound sorrow. And now I'm finding myself having more grief moments where they're just, they're, they're limited to a time frame, and boy, they're just as painful as the day I lost them, but they don't last as long. I, I, at least I can speak from personal experience, and I don't know that I'll ever get rid of those. I think those will happen forever, and from what I read from other people and hear that it, it's just going to happen, but, but less frequent. I think also I have personally found one way for me to work through my own grief is to help and love and serve other people. I think that when I get lost in my own grief and I try to fix me, Without trying to help others, I, I get lost. You know, I get lost in my own sorrow. But if I can see that other people hurt and I'm helping them, there's just something, I don't know, divine that happens. You know, you, you, you start to feel a different feeling in your life, and it helps you cope with your own grief. So I hear you say something about your faith. Has that been an important part for you? Yeah, it has. Yeah, it definitely has been a, an important part of, of my own grief journey because it's applied meaning to my suffering, you know. I focus less on why me and more on what am I supposed to learn from this? And then how can I take those learnings to help other people, mm-hmm. whether it's just empathy or maybe a, a small insight. You know, some people say that the second year is harder than the first because the first year you grieve for your child, the second year you grieve for yourself. Are you finding any change from the second to the third year? Some people tell us that the third year they start to feel a little better. Have you noticed any of that progress Well, or process? That, that's a great question. I think that it's a very personal thing that maybe some people really grieve for the loss of their child in the beginning. I, for me, I found that year one was the hardest. Year two was almost as hard, but I didn't focus on me grieving that second year. I still grieved for the loss of my son. But this now, I'm going into the third year, and uh, you know the days are a whole lot sunnier than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. So I do believe that, that the one two-year deal, those, those are pretty heavy years, but it seems to me, at least from my own experience, this third year seems to be a, a lot more hopeful and full of more peace than I, than I thought I would have. You know, we've got five minutes, and in this time, I would like to do several things. I would like to ask you a couple of things about your blog for people that might be interested in doing a blog. And then, because I'm thinking of people who are out there right now thinking, I've had a child die, uh, but I'd like to start a blog. Have you got any thoughts for them? Yeah, yeah, tons of thoughts. In fact, I'm I'm building a presentation for another audience that I'll talk about this very thing, which is a lot of times people like to try to build artificial barriers. You know, unless you've lost a child, you're never going to understand this. And you're telling people what they already know. Like people are bewildered by our own suffering and they don't know how to help and they don't need to be reminded that they don't understand, right? Right. So I think to get rid of those artificial barriers and just say, I hurt, you know, and this is how I hurt. And these are the opportunities that, that I had in life that really meant something to me. I, I think just being genuine and and real about your feelings but you know we don't need to remind people that they'll never understand because that's that just creates a division and makes those people on the outside feel all the much further away from being able to help that would be probably my biggest tip or advice good and to be genuine and real i also think that uh you know there's pros and cons and uh, this is something gloria and i talked about before we uh, in our pre-interview there's pros and cons of making your journey so public and I guess what I would want you to let people get some insight on is some of the response you've gotten. What, what Have you gotten response from people that has uplifted you and helped you? How important has the response to your blog been? Interesting question. Um, and that's a complex answer, I think, because on the one hand, um, 
I think I'm more moved and find more peace in my life by seeing people take something out of my horror and apply it to their life to their benefit. And to me, that's more healing than somebody saying, hey, I'm really sorry, I care. You know, that's, that's nice and it's helpful. But to me, the healing has really happened when when I see other people making a course correction in their own life. You know, I just had a, a, a physician in Pakistan send me an email saying, your blog has changed everything about the way I practice and parent. Wow. And to me, that just, that, that's, that's, and that's, I have tons of those. And, and it's so surprising. I, I, I never expected that. I don't expect it. But when it does, I don't know. There's just a measure of, of healing in my heart to know that other people's lives are going to be improved. That's great. Well, what's your plan for the future of your blog? Do you have any changes? Or are you just going to go along the way you are? What's your plan? I, I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to be what well, we've created a, a nonprofit organization around it. And but uh, there's that we, we plan on. Uh, we're going to be releasing a, a traditional blog very soon that will help get us a little bit out of the Facebook artificial limiting of the voice. You know, you have to pay to boost your your voice, and 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 so I just want to get out of that sort of social monopoly and just create a traditional blog that people can follow and, and everyone will be able to see and hear it rather than having to pay to hear. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll talk about uh, presenting at the Compassionate Friends. What Do you have a title for your presentation? And Yes, and, and i got to tell you how grateful I am uh, that Alan had reached out to me and, and uh, boy, when I talked to him, I immediately connected with him and just felt a bond and, and almost a brotherhood with him. So, um, yeah, so it'll just be entitled Mitchell's Journey, The Pursuit of Hope, Healing, and Finding Happiness. And uh, I'll just be focusing a little bit on the journey and then what happened afterwards and what lessons we were able to take out for our own personal lives and things that have helped us. Okay, that's going to be a great presentation. Alan, what what time is he doing it? Well, I'll tell you what, we're juggling our schedule. We're still uh, working on when exactly we're going to have him there. But he's going to be there in in one of our keynote positions. And, yeah, people need to make their reservations. Uh, July 10th through 12th is our national conference. Chris is just going to be one of our four just wonderful speakers that we have this year. So we're excited to have you there and uh, and uh, so that people can share in Mitchell's journey with you and learn more about you, Chris. Thanks for being on the show today, Chris. It's been great, and I'm looking forward to seeing you at the National Conference and also hearing you, and God bless your wife and your family. Thank you. I'm so grateful to have been here with you guys. Thank you for being here, Chris. Well, Alan, very interesting. And, you know, I, I think of somebody like Chris, who's a computer person, and it's really not in their kind of natural thing to kind of let it all hang out, I don't think. And sometimes we don't get from those people the profound thoughts that they have, and they're kind of the thinking people. So what a great way to have a blog on the Internet and be able to express this, isn't it? Yeah, he just, uh, you know, like I said, I've read a lot of his stuff. And it's just really profound, and and it's wonderful. And and what I think is great, Gloria, and why I want him to be a presenter is a lot of times we say, well, you know, somebody's two, two and a half years down the road. You know, they're too new in grief to present. But let me tell you, somebody as profound as him can talk about grief, and somebody that comes to that conference who's a year down the road, you know, he just looks like he's way down the road. So he's very profound, very loving and giving, and so... um, what a great guest and what a great show. And uh, thank you for putting this together and for letting me co-host it with you today. And you can find him on Mitchell's Journey, right, Alan? It's a Facebook Yep, on blog. Facebook, Mitchell's Journey. And uh, go read his stuff. You will really, really be blessed and touched by it. And don't forget, you can also go to the Compassionate Friends blog and the Open to Hope blog. And we want to say to all of you and remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own. And thanks for listening. And God bless.